If you were no longer affected by the judgment of others and you stopped judging yourself, would you make different choices? Everyone has the potency to make inspired choices. Get ready to listen, share, and experience the creativity that is you. Now, here's the host of Inspired Choices Radio Show, Possibilities Coach, Christine McIver. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have got another dynamic guest with us tonight. We are going to continue with the feminine potency through the Power of Your Voice series. This guest is Aideen T. Fanola. She is absolutely a potent woman. She absolutely is using her voice in the world. It is phenomenal. I cannot wait to bring her on for all of you to learn from her as well. Before we jump into tonight's show, I'd like to tell you a little bit about myself. If it's the first time connecting with me, um, you will want to know a little bit about me. I'm a pretty straight shooter. I'm a holographist coach, an inspirational speaker, TV and radio personality, and the founder and owner of this Inspired Choices Network. I'm also someone that works with individuals and with businesses. Some of my programs really get to the heart of your desires, whether it's the pleasure of your business, whether it's learning to up your ask, or it's our Divorce with Dignity program. I work with all individuals and businesses to move in the direction quickly and effectively to create what it is that they desire. If you are interested in possibly learning more about what I do and how I do it, you can connect with me on my personal website, inspiredchoices.ca. Now, I don't want to take up any more time because tonight is going to be rocking. Let me talk to you about what our show is tonight. Our show tonight is called How Purity Culture Damages Women's and Men's Sexuality. So tonight we have A.D. or Aideen T. Fanola is her full name. I get to call her A.D. though because she's my new friend. A.D. is a life coach, a public speaker, and an author. During this show tonight, we are going to speak to the issues of how purity cultures damage both men and women's sexuality. This is going to be a very provocative and maybe even uncomfortable conversation as we invite people to expand their point of view. Now, let me tell you about Aidy. She is an unapologetic and empowered survivor of and thriver after physical, emotional, psychological, and religious abuse. For the first two decades of her life, she was raised by abusive parents who were jealous, jealous members, zealous members of a religious cult. For the second two decades of her life, she was unsuspectedly married to a closeted gay man who was emotionally and psychologically abusive. Wow. Today, she is a practicing Martha Beck trained life coach, a public speaker, and a wonderful author. She coaches and speaks all over the world, teaches others how to reclaim their lives by transmuting their pain into empowerment. She specializes in coaching straight spouses, evangelicals, and cult survivors. Her autobiography, detailing the insights she has gained on her own healing journey to reclaim her life, is called My Exquisite Purple Life, Insights from a Woman Who Never Should Have Made It But Did. She is, that book has had me mesmerized. Aidy, welcome to the show. 
Thank you, Christine. It is my pleasure to be here. I'm thrilled to talk to you tonight. <laughs> I'm thrilled to have you on and have all my listeners learn about you and and really hear about your journey. I've had the pleasure of listening to your autobiography um, with you reading it, which has been absolutely mesmerizing. I, I, I'm having trouble getting my work done because I'm listening to your book so much. <laughs> but it is, it's it seriously, you. you are a beautiful writer. And I find it empowering for me to listen to the person's voice as described their journey. And you absolutely have had quite an amazing journey. And talk about potency. I mean, you are just such a perfect candidate for this series because you you have used your voice and you continue to use your voice and step into your potency greater and greater, which I just think is so amazing. And for everyone listening, you need to go check out her website. So it's Adine T. Fanola, that's A-I-D-E-E-N-T-F-I-N-N-O-L-A.com. And you can connect and, and get this amazing book. Um, it's on Amazon, correct, Adine? Yes, it's on Amazon. It's on barnesandnoble.com. It's also uh, through my publisher, which is balboapress.com. And it is, as you know, um, it's in audio, so you can get it through Audible as well. Through Audible as well. Yeah, it's it's so good. So, all right, uh, there's so much to talk about. It, it's so funny. You, you, it usually doesn't tongue-tie me, but you can hear how tongue-tied I am tonight. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, I'm just thrilled. I I love, love, love talking about these these all of these topics and I'm super excited to talk with you as well so yeah thank you thank you so much well let's just dive right in I'd love for you to kind of give us a journey of these first four decades of your life of, of really a snapshot so it sets the stage I think um, for our conversation tonight but I think it's really important that we understand more about you and your journey before we really dive into this topic Oh, absolutely. So as you mentioned in your introduction of me, I was raised by abusive parents who were zealous members of a religious cult. They joined when I was eight years old, and I left in my early 20s, like around 22, 23. And then I did go directly into, and, and in it's interesting because, you know, we are going to talk about purity culture tonight. And the interesting thing is, I was raised in that culture, although I'm 51 and we didn't have that vocabulary back then. But being raised in purity culture, and I know we'll dive a lot more in detail um, in a bit, but being raised in that really set me up for ending up in what is called a mixed orientation marriage. Because my ex-husband is a closeted gay man. He was closeted when we got married. Um, unfortunately, he still is closeted, and um, but it just sets you up for that. And so because he was, I was 22 years old when I met him, and he was the first man I went on a date with. He was the first man I held hands with. He was the first man I kissed. He was the first man I did anything with. And from hi, it's nice to meet you, to the altar, was 18 months. And wow. that kind of a background, it just, sets you up for being just completely ill-equipped. I was so ill-equipped, 
I shouldn't. The, the way that I said it in my book is I said it was about as responsible as giving a, a child a gun to play with. You know, like right. I had no more, I had no more awareness of the seriousness of what I was embarking on and I had no skills and no awareness of the consequences. And so, so I ended up in that marriage and I never, it never crossed my mind that he could be anything but heterosexual because as I was raised, homosexuality was, I was told it was a sin and it was a perversion, etc. And I thought I didn't know any LGBTQ people. Of course I did, but they were all closeted. They were all positive. Yes, 100%. Right. And that, that is what happens in pretty culture, and that is what happens in environments of religious extremism. They have the same percentage of LG, LGBTQ people as the general population, but 100% of those LGBTQ people will be closeted. Because right. if you come out, you are kicked out, you know, or worse yet, put into the conversion therapy. And so I ended up, in, yeah, so then I ended up married to him, and it took me a very, very long time. I think I was, I think we were married about 10 years before it even began to seriously cross my mind that he might be gay. I thought for the longest time that there was something wrong with me. So, and then it took right. me another, another 10 years to find the strength to leave that marriage. And in the process, Unfortunately, um, I ended up in a really, really bad place because of the the accumulative abuse or cumulative abuse of what I had suffered in my childhood and along with what I was currently suffering in my marriage, I ended up um, a pack-a-day smoker, a very heavy drinker, I was chronically mm -hmm. overweight, etc., and I was very suicidal. I was on a very high dose of antidepressants because I was very suicidal. And that is why the subtitle of my book is as it is. So. It's so understandable. I mean, when, when you listen to your journey and you listen, and I just want to dial back to your childhood a little bit. Can you give us a couple of examples on how abusive the, the situation was that you were raised in and, and this, and this cult? You were in a cult and, um, initially yeah. it does, as you started to describe it, it didn't seem like a cult, but as you kept going in the, in the book, it was like, it's shocking to the degree that you were affected. Can you just give us a couple ideas of what it was like? Well, it's fascinating because, you know, as a public speaker, oftentimes the way that I will try and give my audience a point of reference is I'll say the formula for my childhood was, you start with the Duggar family, and I don't know how many of your listeners will understand that reference, but the Duggar family is from that show, 19 Kids and Counting. Yes. And it's extremely, extremely conservative and rigid and et cetera. But then I say, okay, so you start with them, but you subtract 17 children because I only had one sibling. I had a sister. And then you add in Jonestown. And... People much younger than me will not quite get that reference, but that Jonestown is where we get the expression don't drink the Kool-Aid from. And yes. for your younger listeners, they can Google that really quickly. But you add in Jonestown and then you subtract the mass suicide because that didn't happen in my call. And that's the formula for my childhood. It was that conservative, that rigid it was that crazy as well. And when you ask about the abuse that I suffered, um, it, it was 
it was kind of all-encompassing and and across the board, but I'll just shoot you a couple of things that I think, you know, it'll, it'll give it a point of reference. My parents took the biblical admonition of spare the rod and spoil the child very seriously, and my father, quote-unquote, spanked my sister and I with a two-by-four. And no one questioned that. And we were, that's how we were regularly spanked, and that happened, you know, sometimes almost daily or twice a day or whatever. Um, and I didn't even understand that that was abusive until I was in therapy in my middle 20s. And a therapist said, no, that wasn't spanking, that was beating, you know. But then there was the sexual repression, there was the psychological abuse. One of the things I say in my book is that of all of the things, of all the wrongs that I suffered at my parents' hands, the most damaging and the most um, hurtful and I feel the most abusive, which is going to sound very nebulous, but it is that I was told every day and in every way that who I am was wrong and bad. It's just, it's shocking. And and I know that this is still going on in the world with people. And and to think, to to listen to you talk about this um, today and, and as I was listening to the book, it's just, it's heartbreaking to think that a child would be treated, you know, like an animal, and yet animals are treated more kindly than you were treated. Yes, many they, of them they, are. They, exactly. <laughs> yeah. that you don't, you yeah. don't look at a dog, you don't look at an animal or a dog every day and say everything about you is wrong. And yet every message you received from your parents and from this, this cult was saying that to you. And, and on top of that, the fact that there was so much um, division around sexuality and there was no education, there was no uh, real allowance for you learning, set you up big time oh, yeah. for the next 20 years. And, and I wonder, you know, how many people came out of that and are still in very terrible relationships um, are denied the pleasure of having a partner who, you know, loves, inspires, cares for them because of the, the abuse of this cult. It's, it's Oh, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I am not, I'm really, I'm in touch now with only one or two people who went through it with me from my childhood. Um you know, as is true in a lot of situations like that, we all just kind of disperse. And unfortunately, a, a good deal of them stayed in it because it's still around. But mm-hmm. when you talk about that, you know, those long-lasting effects, yeah, I it has taken me, or it took, I mean, I'm still unpacking it. Thankfully, the majority of it I have unpacked already. But it took me such an incredibly long time to understand that my body is mine and mm-hmm. it's not and it's not sinful and there's nothing wrong with it and I mean mm-hmm. that those, those statements right there are so multi-layered we could spend five hours unpacking each one of those statements you know when you say right. when I say there's nothing wrong with my body it's like okay that goes to my physical appearance 
that goes to the operation of my body, the performance of my body, the pleasure of my body. I mean, just on and on and on. It mm-hmm. it has taken me a very long time. And it, it's funny because <laughs> there is a whole chapter that I wrote in my book that I called, um, I may have been a slow learner, but at least I wasn't a no learner. And, yeah. and that's kind of been my joke about my own journey is I just know I, I had to come to a place in my life where I realized as I looked at my life as a whole, it was like, wow, okay, I can stop being so hard on myself. I started so far behind the start line when the gun went off, like there were no other racers in sight, you know, <laughs> there were no other runners yeah. in sight. I, and and yeah. it took me, it, you know, they most people were finished with the race before I even got to the start line, you know, and so, so it's, it has taken me quite a long time to unpack it, but the journey has been worth it, you know, I mean, it, yeah, so... Well, you're you're definitely a voice in the world for for those out there that um, have experienced this, have were raised in this. Um, you went on after your childhood, and you married a man who was a closeted gay man who who knew what he was doing. He, you said that he dated many women, but chose you because you were available uh, emotionally, psychologically. Um, you you weren't aware that he was gay and and he was able to kind of pull it over your eyes. Yeah, and and he actually had not dated very many women because he he was not raised in the cult, the same cult that I was, but he was raised in an equally repressive, conservative, extreme religious um, environment. We met when we were, he was in medical school and I was in undergrad mm-hmm. at the university that we both attended. And he, during medical school, was brought into the cult. And that's how our paths crossed. But, you know, you're, you are definitely right. When You know, I, there was a point in my book when I, um, this is in the chapter that is entitled, It Wasn't My Fault, But It Was My Responsibility. And I talk about how, you know, the way that I say it is that he did it is on him, that he did it to me is on me or was on me because I, although he did not date a ton of women, he had only had one girlfriend really before me, but there were other women in the cult that he could have chosen from and other women that he could have targeted as well as I could have said no. I yes. could have said, because when I look back, I can see that that relationship, even from when we were dating, was not meeting my ideal of what I wanted in a relationship. And so I could have walked mm-hmm. away. Now, that said, with with a tremendous amount of compassion that I do have for myself at that age, I really didn't know any better so that you know that's that balance between it it really wasn't my fault and yet it was my responsibility because I was an adult and likewise for him he was very very pressured by his by everyone to pretend that he was straight that wasn't his fault but that still was his choices were his responsibility right I I absolutely love that part of your book I listened to that a couple of times. Um, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to dive into my story, but there definitely were very. There were some similarities in looking when I looked at my uh, past marriages 
and I, you know, it was, it was that piece where you don't let the person off the hook, but you have responsibility in the choices that you were choosing and, and how you really showed up with your knowledge about what's going on and your willingness to acknowledge the truth is your responsibility. So I absolutely love, love that part. Um, we've got so much more to talk about. We're up for our first break. Um, stay tuned, everyone. We're going to keep diving deep into this story. And we're going to, when we come back, we're actually going to start talking about, because I think we've set the stage well now, yeah. <laughs> for the topic of how purity culture damages women and men's sexuality. So everyone, stick around. We're going to be back here with a Addie Finola right after this break. You're listening to the Inspired Choices radio show on the Inspired Choices Network with myself, Christine McIver, and we'll be right back. Many of us make choices in our lives based on the past or what others think. What would our lives be like if we made choices based on what we desire in this moment? By tuning in to Inspired Choices Radio Show with Possibilities Coach Christine McIver, you'll receive tools and inspiration you can use to do just that. You are an infinite being with infinite choices. Are you ready to create the life and living you truly desire? Listen for Inspired Choices Radio Show every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Inspired Choices Radio Show with Possibilities Coach Christine McIver. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815 880 8255. In Canada, 613 800 8736 or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Christine at inspiredchoices.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. We are here tonight with A.D. Fanola, and we're talking about how purity culture damages women's and men's sexuality. Now, before going to break, we kind of set the stage uh, with A.D. about what went on in her early years, uh, the, the cult she was raised in, and then being married to a closeted gay man. Now, Adie, how did you how did you actually get out of that? Because there was there was abuse from your childhood. Then you're in this marriage, and and then you started to self medicate, and mm-hmm. you started to go through some you know some interesting choices. I, I think there were probably survival choices for for day to day and and you're raising two daughters you had two daughters with this man which is yes. an, amazing <laughs> that you actually got out of all of that how, how did you get through uh, to to really choosing forward for you oh uh, that's a, a really brilliant question and um 
you know, as I look back over it, <laughs> I think there is was no mistake that I was born a redhead. <laughs> I I have, and that's not to say that people without red hair can't have fire and fight inside them, but I guess I just always blame it on my red hair. There just always has been a spark inside of me, no matter mm-hmm. how how beaten down I was and no matter how much I, at times, chose to comply and submit and resign myself there still always was a piece of me that railed against, like, no, this cannot be, this cannot be how it is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. There has to be something better. I didn't know, I had no idea what better could be, and I didn't even know if it was possible, but there was something inside me, because truthfully, Oh, from the outside, my marriage to my ex-husband was quite enviable. He was a medical doctor. He was a psychiatrist. He, you know, we we had a nice standard of living. I had two children. I had, you know, the whole nine yards. And mm-hmm. he was he was a fairly um, helpful around the house kind of husband. So I, in some ways, people looked at me and they were like, what is your problem when I would say that I was hurting and I was in pain? And there were plenty of times when I tried to say to myself, 80, you got it good. What are you crying about? You know, okay, yes, he never wants to touch you and he is critical and, you know, all the rest of this. But but look at this. You have what everyone wants. Mm-hmm. Can't you Can't you just accept it can't you and and then i would tell my things myself things like you know not everyone's marriage is happy and they're up and downs i mean these these platitudes that we say to ourselves to try and get ourselves to accept the status quo and there were times when i could make myself accept accept the status quo for a certain amount of time and then there was just this um inner viking like shield maiden inside of me it just was like <laughs> no No, I cannot. And I have a couple of life mottos. Well, I have a bunch of them, but I have two that are tattooed on the inside of my wrist. And the one is my own saying, which is succeed or die trying. And it doesn't mean I'm willing to die for what I want, but it means that I will either succeed or when I come to the end of my life, I will still be trying. There will be no giving up. And then mm. the other quote is from Winston Churchill, which is the, the famous quote, never, never, never give up. And so, and it was piece by piece and bit by bit. And it was two, you know, people say two steps forward, one step back. You know, so mm-hmm. much of my life has been two steps forward, one and seven eighths step back. You know, it's like, I, yeah. I, but, but I just have not ever given up. Well, I imagine that there were moments that you felt like you were giving up when you were smoking all that, the, the cigarettes yeah. and, and, and whatever, the abuse that you were choosing to numb the pain. But there, like you said, there was that spark inside of you that wasn't giving up. And I think I think that that spark that you speak of, um, that I've spoken of it within me, I think that is in the modern woman today. I think the feminine goddesses yeah. that are in the world 
they have that spark. And, and, you know, this is one of the reasons that I wanted to do this series, 80, was because I wanted to stoke that spark in others yes. that are, are listening to us. And you have been such an amazing leader in showing people that you really can change some of the most impossible situations and you can move beyond it. And, you know, I understand what you're talking about when you were, you were kind of, you know, beating yourself and saying, you should be, you should be satisfied with what you have. You should be happy with what you have. There's so many people that don't have what you have. I understand that so well. I can remember, um, thinking to myself, because when I first met my um, second husband, I didn't have a washer and a dryer. And this is going to sound silly, but I thought to myself, well, I'm really lucky that I don't have to go out to the laundromat. I don't have to lug a child and lug all this laundry. I, you know, I'm fortunate. You know, there's a, I'm living in a nice house. In other words, just suck it up, buttercup. Be satisfied. Right. And and right. you're saying, and I'm saying, no. If there's something inside of you that is begging you to change something, please listen to that. Please give that the attention that it deserves because I believe that each and every person, man or woman, we all deserve to live a joyful, fulfilled, loved life. Yes. So with that being said, what I would like to ask is, what let's talk about how purity culture damages women and men's sexuality. Yeah. Eighty, when when you and I were corresponding, you, you really started to talk to that and, and how um how we are taught a lot of times in religion that our body does not belong to us. It belongs to God. Can you say more yeah. about that? Yeah, and I would say there are you know, purity culture is a huge discussion but I would say there are the two most damaging things is one, what you already said, is that uh, these young people today, and I was taught that my body was not my own. And I just feel so strongly that if you don't have jurisdiction over your own physical body, what the hell do you have? You know, I mean, I, there's, I think I can... Tr- I think I'm controlling or can control a lot of things in my life, but we that's an illusion, right? But if mm-hmm. I am robbed of the ownership and the control and the jurisdiction over my own physical body, that oh goodness, where do you go from there? And then the second mm-hmm. thing that I the second dynamic in purity culture, which is actually not unique to purity culture. This has been around for 2000 years. Um is is what is known as the virgin whore dichotomy. And I don't know how many of your listener, listeners will be familiar with that. The virgin whore dichotomy, it, it uh, fractures, specifically fractures women's sexuality. And it creates two polar opposites. And it says you may either be the virgin who is the good girl the, the nice woman, the pure woman, etc., the woman that a man is taught he should marry, or, and that also is a sexless woman, a completely sexless woman. She has no sexual desire, and she experiences no sexual pleasure. Or you can be the whore who, 
you know, lucky her, she gets to experience all this sexual, you know, activity and desire and pleasure and everything, but she's a, a dirty whore and no one mm. wants, you know, men don't want to marry her. They might want to screw her, but they don't want to marry her, et cetera. And she is the outcast in society. And I could get into the history of how that got rigged by the church in Rome in terms of like Mary Magdalene was never actually a prostitute. She was a prominent businesswoman and a landowner in society at the time. And the church uh, basically reworked that story and made her a prostitute. So anyway, that's a whole, that's a whole nother story. Wow. I know that's a whole nother. I have a, I have an undergraduate degree in history and that was, many decades ago, but there are certain things I do remember. But anyway, um, <laughs> so, so this, this is so to, and, and forgive me if I'm going to, do you mind if I, I continue you with go. a bit of backstory? You, okay. you just go, girl. So, you just go. So this is a, um, a story from my own daughter's childhood when I was raising them. When my older daughter was maybe two or three years old, I was reading her a bedtime story and she, she jabbed me in my breast. And I said, sweetie, don't do that. And she did it again. I said, don't do that. And she did it again. I said, don't do that. And she said to me, why? And Christine, I have had a a few rare moments of enlightenment in my own parenting journey. And this was one of them. And this is what popped out of my mouth. And I said, because this is my body and I get to say who does what to my body. And that became a mantra with my two daughters. And I said that to them and I taught them that over and over again. This is your body and you get to say who does what to your body. And I used it in every context. So when my younger one would come to me and say, you know, Mama, my sister pinched me, I would say, did you tell her that this is your body and you get to say who does what to your body and you don't want her to pinch you? And she would say, no. And I go, okay, first you go tell her that, and then I'm going to come in as the mother, you know. And then <laughs> when when my girls became, like, of junior high age, and I had taught them about sex in an age-appropriate way all along, you know, in terms of how our babies made and where the babies come from and stuff. But then they go into junior high, and now, now it's going to get real, really real, and the boys are becoming men and all the rest of it. And I sat them down. And I talked to them about sex, and I really nitty-gritty. And I said, you know how we've always said, this is your body, and you get to say who does what to your body. Now I want you to know that this is your body, and you get to say what you are going to do with your body. And I... I would say that I empowered them in terms of that, like I granted them ownership over their own body, but I didn't. That was their birthright. All I did was Mm -hmm. to recognize and to acknowledge and to respect that they were born with and it was their birthright to have jurisdiction over their own bodies. And that is not what I was given and that is not what is taught in purity culture. And well, it's not. It, yeah. it, you don't have to have been raised in a cult like you were to have bought the lie that as a woman you have to surrender your body in certain ways. Yes, 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we were, you know, America started with a very, you know, the Puritans and that, even though they were the minority in the colonies at the time, they had their culture and their morals and that rigidity, especially when it comes to sexuality, that has pervaded our culture no matter how secular we've become in, you know, in, mo- in the modern day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. okay. So how... So, yes, we need to learn and we need, you know, we should have been raised, we should be raising or have raised our children to understand that it is their body and it is their choice what goes on with it. But what does, how does this affect, so let's talk about men for a minute. How does the purity culture actually affect men's sexuality if we're speaking about mainly women that feel like they don't have control over what what is done or who touches their bodies. Yeah, so um, when it comes to the jurisdiction over your body, men, are, in purity culture, men are taught the exact same thing in terms of that they are not allowed to enjoy their own sexual pleasure and they are not allowed to, you know, I mean, masturbation, forget about it. Like, don't even, that's not allowed at all, that's dirty, that's sinful, etc., and but there's this weird um under message in purity culture when it comes to men and that is that men just can't help themselves that yes right. they're not they're not supposed to masturbate and masturbation is sinful but you know boys will be boys and they Everybody can help themselves and, and the way that that damages men is it does not they are no more integrated in their sexuality when they come out of or when they're in purity culture than women are because they are taught that they are living in this body that they are helpless in and because they're not allowed to pleasure themselves nor are they allowed to have sex with women and you know forget any LGBTQ expressions Certainly, that's not allowed at all, and that's all within. But you know, so so God help the the, the LGBT the LGBTQ people who are in purity culture. I mean, I can't that 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 just that just ratchet ratchet it up exponentially. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But they're taught that they are trapped in this body that they are at the mercy of. And when it comes to the virgin whore dichotomy, it's really interesting because, and I just noticed that we're probably coming up on a break. So why don't I save that, the Virgin Horde Academy thing? <laughs> I saw that. Sorry. Because um, I was, I think, that, I think we're going to have to, I think we're going to have to do like two hours, 80. I just feel okay. like, I just, that's like, fine yeah, with me. I feel like I I'm talk, on a trend, talk, trend. Talk forever. I, I know, I know. This is fabulous. Yeah. So yeah. what I, what I really want to get across to people is, you know, my radio show is been called and it's always been called inspired choices mm-hmm. and one of the most important things to me has always been even when I was having those conversations with myself about the choices that I had made and about where I was on the degree of happy in my life and what I would always say to myself is you can always make another choice you yeah have the choice you have the choice and and that's the message i would love for us to leave people with tonight and we're certainly not done but you have a choice no matter where you are at in society no matter what you have 
endured, come through, created. You have a choice, and you can make another choice if where you are right now is in a place that is creating unhappiness, unease, uh, uh, feeling unsafe. Please stick with us. We're going to continue this conversation, but I really want to get that message through that you do have a choice, and what we're talking about is this is not about, you know, talking about the saddest things in the world, but this is bringing light to where we need more conversation and we need to be aware that this is still going on today and it takes it takes a community to begin to change it and 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 it takes us each and every one of us to use our voices as AD is doing so with that let's go for our second break when we get back we are going to have a few minutes left not enough uh to to talk about the, the, this subject and and also AD you have got some special gifts for our listeners that I would love you to share when we get back from the break. So everyone, you're listening to Inspired Choices with myself, Christine McIver, my wonderful guest, Adi Nola, and we will be right back. Many of us make choices in our lives based on the past or what others think. What would our lives be like if we made choices based on what we desire in this moment? By tuning in to Inspired Choices Radio Show with Possibilities Coach Christine McIver, you'll receive tools and inspiration you can use to do just that. You are an infinite being with infinite choices. Are you ready to create the life and living you truly desire? Listen for Inspired Choices Radio Show every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you ready to have pleasure with your business? Yes, I said pleasure with your business. The pleasure of business a la carte will surprise you with topics like meet yourself in the boardroom, money, services, and you. Expand your visibility. The pleasure of communication. The pleasure of Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Christine McIver has so much pleasure with business and loves teaching all things business. Beginning a new business, Desiring to expand a current business or looking to resurrect a business that has been dormant? This program will get you fired up and bring more pleasure than you have ever imagined. Exhausted with your excuses for not creating a phenomenal business? Join now for all the pleasure with business. Pleasure of Business Oligarch gives you total choice for what you desire and what your business requires. That's 24 weeks of different topics to choose from with weekly calls, audio and video recordings, and PDFs. This class will have you dive right in and use tools to create the business that has been speaking to you. Go to inspiredchoices.ca for full details or join the Facebook page, Pleasure O Business a la Carte. Now is the time for you and your business. This is Inspired Choices Radio Show with Possibilities Coach Christine McIver. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. In Canada, 613-800-8736 or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to christine at inspiredchoices.ca. Now, back to the program. 
Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much. If you're just joining, you've got to go back and listen to the beginning of this conversation. It has been amazing. We're talking with Adi Finola, and we're talking about how purity culture damages women's and men's sexuality. And Adi, right before we went to the break, you were going to get into the conversation about the virgin whore dichotomy. But before we do that, can you share with our listeners the wonderful gift you are sharing, you've chosen to share tonight? Yes, absolutely. I'd like to give away autographed hardback copy of my book, um, which is a $34 value. And and I, to be totally honest with you, I'm not sure how anyone wins that, but I will make sure that I, you know, it gets to you somehow. So, <laughs> so there's that. And then I also do, as a life coach, I offer a 30-minute complimentary connection conversation uh, for new clients through my website. So if okay. who I am or my story has resonated with you, if you have a background in some of these issues, please reach out to me, connect to me on my website, because I would love to sit down and talk with you for a little bit. That would be great. So if you're interested in actually receiving that book, please send Aidy an email, um, and her email will be in the, the replay post of this on the Inspired Choices Network, or myself an email, and we will get those together, and we will have a conversation, and then we'll decide how we're going to choose that lucky individual. And tell, let me tell you, it's worth taking the time to send the email. So um, AD's email is A-I-D-E-E-N-T-F-I-N-N-O-L-A at gmail.com, and mine is Christine at inspiredchoices.ca. All right, you definitely want that book. Anyways, back to uh, the conversation. So, Aidy, let's jump in. We've only got about eight minutes left in our conversation. Oh, my gosh. The virgin whore dichotomy. Go. (laughs) Okay, perfect. So, ultimately, like I explained before, that virgin whore dichotomy, it fractures women's sexuality. You can either be a nice girl and never have any sex or sexual pleasure or sexual desire, or you can have all the sex and pleasure, et cetera, but you're going to be a dirty girl and nobody wants to be with you and you're not going to have a lasting love. And I, for the longest time, I was, only, I think maybe because I am a woman and I, I came out of that whole virgin whore dichotomy and purity culture, I was really only aware of how it impacted women. And it, I, I think it's fairly self-explanatory how it impacts women. And it damages us because we are not allowed the fullness of our sexual experience or our sexual expression, I am both. I am a pure and noble woman, and I love sex, and I love all of the pleasure of it, and I do not want to be inhibited, and I don't want anyone to tell me what I am allowed to do and what I'm not allowed to do in terms of sexuality, either with myself or with a partner. But only recently have I become aware of really how much it damages men who come out of purity culture as well. Because although the virgin whore dichotomy doesn't speak directly to a man and how he is, because men don't get villainized for having a sex drive or having lust or anything like that, they get a pass when it comes to that. But as, now, and again, this is in the context of um, heterosexual men and women, but it, if a man wants to be, I say that, and it, my mind is like, okay, that could, it really could apply to everyone, but I speak to it from my own experience. When 
a man, if he internalizes the messages of the virgin whore dichotomy, he now ends up with a fractured ex, um, expression of what's available to him. So if he wants to marry a good woman, a noble woman, or even not marry, just be dating or whatever, when he is thinking about what kind of qualities and what kind of a quality woman he would want to have a life with and have a family with, mm-hmm. and he thinks, that he has to choose, that it's either or, well, what if he wants to have both as well? What if he wants to have the fullness of his sexual expression in terms of the the passionate and tender romantic lovemaking all the way to the, you know, what we have been taught is the, you know, the dirty sex and the, you know, all the... And, and, Speaking from purity culture, really anything outside of missionary position, penis in vagina, that is all that is allowed. So there is okay. no oral sex. There is no, um, you know, there's there's no multiple sex positions. There's no, there's certainly no anal sex because that is not, you know, sex is for procreation in purity culture. That's the only thing yeah. that it's for. And, of course, anal sex does not provide the opportunity for procreation. So, you know, with a man, what if he wants to have a woman, you know, to be with a woman who is a really noble, wonderful woman, and he also wants oral sex? I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to say on your show. You can say whatever you want. Hey, hey, honey, I own own the network. You say whatever you want to say. Oh, so then let me say, what if he wants to get his dick sucked? Right? Yeah. What if he wants what if he wants ass play? What if he wants yeah. to go down down on a woman? What I mean and and likewise, what if a woman wants to do these things? And but right. now she and but for a man and I have seen it. Because of course mm-hmm. I work with the communities of straight spouses and I work with the communities of what are is commonly called now ex evangelicals, you know, people who were evangelicals but they're ex evangelical mm-hmm. and or anyone else coming out of religious extremism and I see it with men as much as I see it with women I have seen men come out of right. marriages where they made that choice I'm going to choose the pure good woman and then they ended up leaving their marriages because there was they had a sexless existence and there was no no room for what they what they desired in terms of their sexual expression so right and yeah. you know a it's not just um, extremist cultures that have had this this whole belief system, this whole mindset that they were. They I was raised Catholic, uh, Roman Catholic, and mm-hmm. and you know it wasn't pushed to the degree that you speak of, but it was absolutely understood <laughs> that first yeah. of all you are not having sex before marriage because then you are a whore. You and you're are dirty a girl. Whore. You're a girl, and do not, masturbation wasn't even a conversation. I think I was in my, I was a teenager before I even knew what that word meant. And, you know, it it is still out there, though, Eddie. It's still out there in, in, in all sorts of cultures that it's either or. Either you are a good girl or you're a whore. And it's, we've got to change this because, what we are actually doing, oh, what yeah. I'm seeing and experiencing with my clients is 
the disdain of their own bodies because their bodies are asking for more. It's asking to express sexually and but the mind and the and the psychology is stopping them from really moving forward with their desires. And well and it comes back to who owns your body? And if you can exactly. give yourself ownership over your own body, then it becomes much easier to say, well, if I am the one who owns this body, I can play with it. I can right. put it in bed with whoever I want to get in bed with. You know, I can right. stick anything into it that I want to, you know, as long as you're the <laughs> owner of your body. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. Do you know that we're coming up to the end of the show? How did that happen I know I so fast? that. Oh I have God. no idea your show was only five minutes long. That's what it feels like. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> a five-minute five conversation. I know it goes so quickly, especially when it's such a luscious conversation. I so appreciate yeah. your time. And, and I just want to say that I think you are absolutely a force to be reckoned with. You oh, you yeah. are a feminine goddess who is using her voice to change the world. And I so appreciate knowing that there are women like you in the world that are saying, no, Never, ever, ever am I going to stop. And it's it's amazing. I, I'm going to continue to savor your book. It is so beautiful. And uh, I hope that one day we can have another conversation and, and share it with all of our listeners. Um, you, you know, and it, if someone yeah. is out there and they are struggling, please reach out to to eighty, please come back. Check the the replay of this. You can you can listen to this again. You can get all of the information on how to connect with eighty, and you can connect with her on Facebook as well. You have a a Facebook page called My Exquisite Purple Life. The name of your book? Uh, yeah, yeah. I know. So I don't good. think I have it for my book. I have Adine T. Finola on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found another website page that you created. My Exquisite Purple Life. Oh, my goodness. That's from a very long time. I think that's from even before I wrote my book. Oh, my goodness. Oh my that's God. funny. <laughs> well, listen, nevertheless, reach out, take advantage of these wonderful gifts, and, Adie, keep being amazing and brilliant in the world. It's fantastic. So, and thank my you friends, for what you do. You are so welcome. Until next time, my friends, remember, you can always make another choice. Keep choosing for you, and remember, it, your body your choice. Thank you for choosing to listen to Inspired Choices Radio Show. Christine McIver will return next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.